Well, I wish you luck when you find yourself a jungle boy, David. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, there's a lot of ways that <laughs> could go, and I'm just going to avoid the whole hornet's nest right now. <laughs> Good luck avoiding uh, the hornets. That may just be our opener right there. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode. Shows that suck and shows that blow. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Sit right back and you hear the tale, the tale of a podcast, which started reviewing bad TV, and now it just can't quit. One host is a mighty drinking man, the other's crass and blue. A third will try to keep it all from running three hours long, from running three Three hours hours long. That's right. This week, we are reviewing Gilligan's Island, and this is a very special episode where we review episodes from across the pop culture landscape, even old school 1950s sitcoms uh, that everybody knows, but probably hasn't watched (laughs) in a long time. Uh, We are reviewing Gilligan's Island, season one, episode 19, The Jungle Boy, in which the castaway's latest escape du jour is foiled by a baby-faced Kurt Russell in a loincloth. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about baby-faced Kurt Russell in a loincloth. Uh, I am your host, Austin Gorton, and I will be trying to keep this under three hours. Mm -hmm. My mighty drinking companion is... Uh, I guess it's David Bitsenhofer, but I'm not drinking tonight, so that's kind of a fail on me then, right? Yeah. I should get some rum or something. Yes, do you have it? And grog. <laughs> or grog. Some, some, some coconut rum. You yeah. could probably, like, I don't know, run a distillery off a bicycle, yeah, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, do you that's think the professor so... ever, like, made some, like, moonshine, some island moonshine of some sort? He if must I know anything have. about the professor's technology, I guarantee you it involved a bicycle. <laughs> That's just this one episode. <laughs> is it, Dave? Is it really just this one episode? I think so. I don't know. It's like... uh, and we are, of course, joined by our crass and blue co-host, who is... Carolyn Maine. You you get to be both the Marianne and the ginger of this mm. episode. And I could be wife if I play my cards right. <laughs> yes, and Mrs. Howell. <laughs> Austin's sipping on a coconut over there. Yeah, I got a little, I have a little grog of my own. Yeah, so this episode came to us uh, via a listener suggestion on our Facebook page. I forget who suggested it. So if it was you who suggested it, uh, listener of our show right now, pop back on Facebook and wave your hand around and be like, it was me, it was me. Good job, listener, yay. Just say boy, boy, girl, girl. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so that's really what prompted uh, this particular episode of Gilligan's Island. Uh, Carolyn, what uh, familiarity do you have with uh, the old island gang? Yeah, you basically called it. Uh, I'm pretty familiar with the theme song. Dad had some <laughs> legs. Thank you for regaling us. I don't know if I've ever sat down and watched one. And uh, it's very black and white. It's very old school. There, uh, and, and, and Kurt Russell shows up. And I'm very much more familiar with Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah, I suppose we could also say familiarity with Gilligan's Island and Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell is a super hunk. That makes this our second super hunk episode <laughs> in a row. Except Kurt Russell's too much of a baby boy to like, really hunk out. But it's, just, it's nice to see him. And, of course, I love him in The Thing and Big Trouble in Little China, and Escape from the Various Places. He's he's just, he's very handsome. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you what your favorite Kurt Russell hmm. role would be. Probably Big Trouble in Little China. It's okay. just so madcap. They wouldn't make that again <laughs> right now. Yeah, that's that's for sure. They shouldn't. Uh, David, how about you? Uh, Are you a skipper or a Gilligan? I don't know. I always associated myself with Gilligan more than just the screw up who nobody likes, you know? Really? I agree. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously everybody knows the theme song to this. And I want to say, I, I mean, I'm kind of known in certain circles for knowing a lot of TV theme songs. Oh, shit. Which I always hesitate to say because then someone's like, well, what's the theme song to this? And then I won't know it because they'll pick something that I don't know every time. Or it's one of those things where, like, you might even know it if it came on and you can sing along to it. But that doesn't mean you can just, like, out out of the blue off the top of your head, Mm -hmm. rattle off the lyrics to it. Anyways, my only point to that is I'm fairly sure this is, like, the first song theme song I ever really memorized or whatever is just like oh, oh there's a lot of lyrics here well, that's catchy let's do this and of course there's two versions so it gets a little complicated at times you know and this was the syndicated version right it was a little shorter the one we saw today. well yeah i thought it was yeah. just a early season late season thing mm, where they right. decided eh, well we can get to that but uh <laughs> Uh, and I certainly watched a lot of this as a kid, I remember, because it's on, like, Nickelodeon or Nick at Night or something, so I'd watch it, and I remember knowing, well, it's an old episode because it's black and white, or it's a newer one if it was in color, because it broke the color barrier, but not in any way that really should, but... (laughs) Well, David, to your point, I will say we got this whole season when I watched this, and a couple episodes ahead is some really nice yellow face. Oh, yeah. I'll let you get back to your point. No, it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And one more. So I watched a lot of it. I remember watching the reunion, like, TV movie, which they all, like, go back to finally get off the island, but then realize that the real world isn't fun, so they go back to the island so they get off the island and then go back to the island by the end of the when, movie I remember that when did the reunion take place like the 80s know. it was That's like much later than the show i remember when i watched it i thought it was new but that may not have been the actual oh. case at the time True. so i would say like late 80s but it could have just been like 70s and i would have just as a dumb kid been like oh they got this new like gilligan island tv movie well david i can i can tell you from the crack research team that there was three television movie sequels and they aired between 1978 and 1982 yeah so none of them i would have seen live but uh right right i do remember watching at least one of them and uh so yeah i said i watched a lot of it but then i 
could barely tell you any of the episodes, so I must have been young enough that I don't remember it very well, or they're so, I don't know, <laughs> ubiquitous that I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of the right term. That the, yeah. well, they're so they just, not like, yeah. they just all run together. Yeah, they're, exactly. It's just, Something happens, they might get off the island, but then Gilligan fucks up and they don't. Well, it's funny because variation on that. Austin suggested a Gilligan's Island episode. I'm like, oh, is that the one that they nearly get off the island, but then don't? You know, it's a yes, it's an yes, old it joke. Is. But then, <laughs> and in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a tired joke. But then I'm like, I'm sure mo- a lot of the episodes, it probably doesn't happen as often as people say it does. And then, of course. This one it happened on, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is every episode that it happens. I think it happens every time. I think it's very formulaic. Gilligan goes a little off the path. He finds a jungle boy, a monkey, (laughs) a China person, or uh, whatever the fuck. And then they hang out, and then the other guy goes away. And then they're like, well, it's just us dildos again on this bicycle. (laughs) They, Yeah. I mean, we might get into it, but really they should just murder Gilligan, and maybe (gasps) things would go better. Right, I mean, he didn't. He'd add to the food supply, and then they yeah. probably get off the island a lot faster. But Skipper has more meat. He That's does. true. He does. Yeah, that, uh, he just I looks guess. like he tastes better. That's why I want to kill him first. That is true. Well, we can get yeah. into more of it, but we can go. Uh, David, what's your favorite Kurt Russell movie? I, I don't think I have one. Okay, I fair. That's fine. That's not okay. No. <laughs> I have actually never seen any of the Escape movies, so I feel like I'm missing out there. Oh, Escape from New York, Escape from L.A. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's a... uh... What about The Thing? I haven't seen The Thing. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) What about about Executive Decision? (laughs) Steven Seagal, where... The one little plane hooks up to the other one, and then they climb through. I've I've not seen Executive I, Decision. I haven't seen that either. Well. Die. All right. Well, see now I'm now I'm scrolling through Kurt Russell's IMDb <laughs> here to try to find a, I know. a Kurt Russell movie that David's actually seen. I know. Well, I mean, I, I've seen the latest Guardians of the Galaxy, but I don't know. I don't uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like I've seen uh, what? There was one other one that. Oh, Sky High, I've seen. Sky High, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> Sky High. Uh, he was uh, the voice of the fox and or hound in The Fox and the Hound. I've never actually yeah. seen The Fox and the Hound. Okay. okay. I feel like somehow Kurt Russell has like, this like magic just miss me ability yeah. where like movies that I don't actively avoid or anything. but He was Tango and or Cash in Tango and Cash. Yeah. Actually, he was Cash. It says that right here. In the, uh, did you ever, he was MacGyver in the Stargate movie before they recast him with MacGyver. Wait, what? Wow. Well, so the Stargate okay. TV show had MacGyver yeah. playing the character that Kurt Russell played in the movie. Oh, okay. So, there you go. All right. Uh, yeah, as for me, Gilligan's Island is pretty much, I feel like I'm probably somewhere in the middle of carolyn and david know the theme song um this is one of those great uh uh sherwood schwartz song is the like pilot episode summed up tv shows of all time Mm -hmm. um feel like i've probably seen at least a few episodes in syndication but could not tell you a single thing about any particular one of them what happened or other than 
trying to get off the island, and then Gilligan fucks it all up. Well, Harlem um, Globetrotters should... show up once. I do know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, like we everybody should have watched that go... episode. That's all I'm that trying to say. I feel special. like we need to put that on our short list. I think you're right. <laughs> we, Frankly, we should do a, a, uh, a, a summer marathon where we just do episodes guest starring the Globetrotters. <laughs> that <laughs> could be amazing. Because I feel like I can think of at least three off the top of my head. There's really, I can't think of any others. Well, Gilligan's Island, yeah, I, as David yeah. pointed out, uh, Scooby Doo. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Futurama. Oh, you're right. Shit, this just needs one more. Okay. Although in Futurama, yeah. were those actual Globetrotters voicing the Globetrotter? I. That's a good question that I do not know the answer to. Mm. Uh, they were probably on Fat Albert too. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we, there's probably more out there. That's just off the top of my head. Right. Um, I should also point out earlier, I said this was a 50s show. It's actually a 60s show. Uh-huh. Um, the 60s were the, the heyday of these high concept sitcoms. And the first season uh, of 36 episodes was filmed in black and white and then later colorized in syndication. It was one of those things. I was actually just listening to a podcast that talked about this where like when... TV stations had to switch over to HD in 2009. It was one of those things where, like, it had been around for a while and they mm-hmm. could have made some shows had made the switch, but by 2009, you kind of had to. And Gilligan's Island is one of those shows where, like, most of them had already started filming in color, but they did black and white in the first season. And then we're like, ah, shit, we better switch over to color. That's pretty cool. We haven't straddled that before, have we? No, not really, because we did leave it to Beaver, but that was pretty thoroughly black and white. And yeah. of course, Trackdown was was all black and white mm-hmm. uh as for kurt russell my favorite kurt mm-hmm. russell movie is easily tombstone oh another great one isn't that one that he ended up mostly kind of directing because yeah, the director I, that's defaulted one, that's yeah. a good kurt russell one in which he both stars and like phantom directs it because they hired a director who didn't really know what he was doing and stopped showing up on set and so kurt russell just was kind of like go over here and do this now and now do this and now do that and Tombstone's also, he rocks great. a pretty fantastic mustache, much yeah. like Magnum P.I. in our previous Ooh. episode. <laughs> and their jawlines could cut glass or butter. Yeah. David, you have to watch several Kerr Russell movies now. I All mean right. it. <laughs> You're going to okay. put me on assignment now? <laughs> yep. Uh, We're going to do a podcast on Kerr Russell's handsomeness. You would like the creature work in Big Trouble Little China. I, I know. I, I'm, I've seen some of Big Trouble in Little China. It's just always been like parts of it, but never actually just sat down to watch the whole thing. So I got the crack research team on this, like Harlem Globetrotters and like yeah, TV <laughs> <Good. thing. laughs> okay. Uh, so there was a Hanna Barbera Harlem Globetrotters cartoon. I think okay. there's some various forms of that, but then it just looks like there was a episode of The White Shadow that featured the Harlem Globetrotters. What's and, the White Shadow? I won't. It was an old basketball TV show, <laughs> but wow. it's like a. I was afraid you were going to say it was a show about the Ku Klux Klan. Right? Um, You haven't heard of The White Shadow either, Austin? I don't... I I mean, I've heard the name rings a bell, but I couldn't have told you what it was about. I really would like to see the Harlem Globetrotters dunk on the Ku Klux Klan, though. That would be pretty pretty fantastic. Now that you mention it. Uh, They were in an episode of The Love Boat. Of course. The Love Boat. Uh, Is that really the theme? There was Futurama, which we talked about, but then I should also note... That when I said they were on an episode of Gilligan's Island, I was partially wrong because according to the orphans, it was actually a 1981 made-for-TV film. Oh, really? oh, okay. oh, like a whole crossover special. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that they got off the island and then went back to the island. 
Yeah, that was one of the movies that they did. I'm then. saying like it lost really was just a dramatized version of this of uh, <laughs> like, the sitcom, com- complete with the like uh, get off the island, don't like it, want to go back. Yeah, Ginger like became an actress, but then they wanted to like sexualize her too much, and she was uncomfortable with that, and it was just similar like, oh, the world has changed, and we don't like all this yeah. change now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so after that uh, that notable theme song that everybody loves, uh, the episode begins with Gilligan eating a banana and then encountering... Mm, kind of sexually, though, like he squeezes yes, very... it in a pot. <laughs> Carolyn <Yeah>. agrees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's yeah, manhandling like of... that banana. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of meat in this episode for mm. Carolyn to sink yeah. her teeth into. <laughs> but it's too young. The baby boy's too young. <laughs> All these nubile, this nubile boy running around well, my eating problem, bananas. Right? Yeah. My problem is this nubile young boy, first, well, two, the cut of his loincloth is a lot of ass, and he's, like, <laughs> swinging on vines, doing, like, taint-out maneuvers, which, you know, if it was, if you give him ten years, I would gladly watch it. I feel a little uncomfortable doing it here. And also, so the boy pops out of the bush and, like, starts blowing kisses at Gilligan when he's <laughs> eating that banana. What? Yeah, I, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, it's Kurt Russell, the Jungle Boy, who mm-hmm. Gilligan sees, at, and then so Gilligan sees a like a loincloth young Kurt Russell, and then his banana explodes. A beautiful his, baby boy bounds through the wood. He can't <laughs> hold his banana. And then now we should say this is a Jungle Boy, very Jungle Boy. And by Jungle, we mean Hollywood Tarzan. Yeah, incredibly <laughs> yeah. white. Too. I yeah. mean, I guess with a like a leopard print loincloth, which but not much of it. Like part of me is like he he's super. It's Kurt Russell. He's super Caucasian, and so that kind of feels racist. But then if he was like a uh, native, of yeah, this I'm island? trying to think. <laughs> I'm blanking on like, the ethnicity that I'm trying to <laughs> like Filipino. Yeah, uh, that's. If that's even where they are? Yeah, well, I mean, he's mm. tropical, so you'd think, like, the yeah. natives' population would be darker-skinned, which is fine. But my only point was, if that was the case, this would probably just come off as even more racist. So, I don't know, right. I think is Right, <laughs> too. What And at no point in time is it ever <laughs> established or even theorized as to, like... <laughs> Is this boy a native of this island? Yeah. Did he Where did he come from? Who are his parents? Uh, is he the Gilligan of a previous three-hour tour that washed uh, up on this island? I mean, we simply just have no idea. He just is there and hasn't been, you know, they hadn't discovered him in the previous 18 episodes of the show. And now suddenly here's this Caucasian boy in a leopard print, leopard print undies. And there's really no even attempt made to think of where he came from. So yeah, they uh, they they swing away on some vines, mm. and then uh, uh, we cut to the professor and his impeccably pressed khakis, mm-hmm. fanning uh, the skipper with a bike, a fan that's hooked up to a bike because all technology runs on bicycles. Well, and in Gil- this episode, <laughs> in this episode, yeah. Uh, Gilligan comes running in to tell them about the Jungle Boy, and no one believes him. Oh, well, I mean, okay, we got to camp on this like bicycle for one second because, like, I'm watching this, and so okay. <laughs> the skipper is is apparently really warm. So the professor is just bicycling to fan the skipper, mm-hmm. but I'm like, but isn't that just making the professor like warmer? <laughs> like, 
well, what, yes. What's the professor getting out of this thing, you know? Friendship, David. <laughs> <laughs> Is he just being, like, that nice a guy that he's just like, hey, in this incredible, you know, in this warm climate, I'm just going to bicycle just to fan my friend. He's wearing, like, long sleeves khakis and isn't even breaking a sweat. Uh, Maybe he, like, doesn't feel exertion. I don't know. Maybe he's just like, I built this fucking bike fan. I'm going <laughs> to use it. And- <laughs> but you think there'd be a way to, like, fan yourself by bicycling, you know, like, point it at yourself, and that might be a little better, you know? Well, he's... Fan technology. If he was that smart, he could probably get him off the island. <laughs> fan, fan technology has pretty much been figured out. Like low tech, you yeah. have a fan yeah, and exactly. you wave That's yourself. A whole other you can't issue. get a better performance out of that. So, so yeah. Carolyn. Yeah. Is the professor a hunk? He definitely is. Yeah. And most of it is just that the other men are so not hunks. That he, like, <laughs> that's, really... that's what I was thinking. I was looking at him and I'm like, yeah, he's kind of hunky. Or is it just that he got Gilgan the Skipper <laughs> and the Millionaire sitting next right, to him? Right, right, right. Yeah, no, You're he suggesting definitely... he's standing tall in a low field. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely the first one. Well, You're like, well, physically... I'm an island. Well, both... I can fuck that guy. Yeah, well, he's standing tall in a low field both physically and mentally, which is like <laughs> the super advantage, right? Right. You feel like the closest you get mentally is the skipper, who at least has some level of, like, hard-earned practical knowledge about him, but that only takes you so far. So he's the captain, but he's a skipper? Yeah, like, skipper is, like, yeah, well, that's, like... (laughs) Is you that call a- the captain of the boat the skipper. Oh, you do? It sounds really, yeah, not that big of a stature. It sounds like, that's like what Barbie's little sister was named, was skipper. So it doesn't sound yeah, like it right. has that much status to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, that's that's not a terrible, or it's not an uncommon uh Right? Phrase. I think I thought Gilligan was the skipper. <laughs> yeah, like the second in command or something. Yeah. But Tiny yeah, boy. I guess we never went over the theme song anymore, which is fine. But I was just going to say that like in yeah. the- there's the one version that just has and the rest, mm-hmm, which always seems silly harsh. to me because the rest are just two more people, which they, <laughs> they solve pretty quickly. You know, like, yeah, yeah. You can't just cra- say Professor and Marianne. It cracks which me they up. Do later. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> it's like it has a couple themes, and they're like really drawn out, and I'm ready to introduce each individual person. <laughs> but then they're like the millionaire. His wife. And we're done. The other motherfuckers. Yeah, they just like really (laughs) spend a lot of time flipping them off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, so it's like, did they plan to have like more people? I don't know, whatever. (laughs) We don't have to go too far into it. I just always found and the rest when there's only two more people of humor. It was really harsh, yeah. I feel like if if the question you're asking of this show begins with, did they plan, (laughs) whatever whatever the end of that sentence is, the answer is more often than not, no. And I guess, well, Austin, plan is a strong term of, like, (laughs) they're scripting out something, and then so they're, like, hiring actors, and maybe they thought they'd have eight, but at the same time, they're hiring someone to do a theme song, and then they end up paring down their cast to, like, six, and but they already have the theme song, they're like... Fuck it, we'll just say it and the yeah. rest for two more people. <laughs> right, right. That right, kind right. of thing. Not like some sort of intricate plot of I know, ongoing I know. narrative. They should have to sing about every guest star. Her <laughs> <laughs> is a jungle boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's very scantily clad. Even though he's only 14. He's is, just is a that, lad. Do you know his age? I did. Uh, I had the the orphans look up his age. He was he was fourteen when this aired, oh. presuming it filmed mm. roughly around that time. Not his first role. He had been in some other stuff. Yeah, he's 
um, studio baby. They had prior him. to this, yeah. Well, he became a big Disney kid. He was yeah. in a bunch of like early, uh, or he was in a bunch of 60s, 70s era Disney films. That's kind of where he got his start uh, as like a big movie star, so to speak. And he is not all that awkward for fourteen, but I bet. I bet adult Kurt Russell, even with the roles he's had, is still a little embarrassed. Imagine having puberty and being a jungle boy. Yeah. Yeah. So in the next scene, Gillian takes the skipper out in search of the jungle boy, and skipper gets shit on by a bird. (laughs) No, he doesn't get shit on. He just gets egged on. He gets like a... (laughs) Like, like, they see a Same bird on a branch. Same whole different thing, yeah. And then, and then Skipper thinks Gilligan was thinking the bird was a jungle bird or whatever. It's stupid comedy. And then the Skipper looks up, and then, like, a chicken-sized egg, like, um... Like an ostrich-sized egg. <laughs> yeah. Falls on his face, and I'm like, what kind of f- flight bird has that giant of an egg? But <laughs> And just lays him, like, in midair, too, you know? Like, like that doesn't seem very efficient for, like... <laughs> like I hope my offspring survives yeah. <laughs> to the ground. Like I kind of want to raise children, but also fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's—I mean—that's the extent of that scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I thought it was a little sad how Gilligan like flinched when it happened to Skipper. Like I think they're in an abusive relationship. Oh, uh, they totally are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so next scene, Gilligan's is hanging out in the jungle, and the jungle boy comes upon him once more, and this is where he starts blowing kisses at him. Um, again, not a euphemism. I mean, this he's like, like, yeah. and like doing the hand kiss motion thing. Well, he probably has seen some shit on this island. <laughs> learned behavior right. yeah uh so so then uh uh they swing off into the jungle on vines that are clearly ropes while the swinging boy is clearly a 35 year old man very briefly oh well that's okay about how much of his taint he shows when he, <laughs> he seriously like opens there's up his just, legs there's this one shot where i'm like holy crap that jungle boy just gained a foot and a half and like <laughs> Six inches of shoulder width. We can make fun of the set and the special effects, but frankly, I'm kind of impressed of the 1950s uh, technology that they were using. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know, it kind of looked like a jungle. I, I was never actually like taken out of it as much right. as... Right. Right. At, like at the very do. least, perhaps because of, of growing up with Gilligan's Island on syndication, it conforms to what we expect to see on the TV yeah. representing like a desert, a jungle island mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Uh, so speaking of, of those special effects, Gilligan follows the jungle boy mm-hmm. deeper into the jungle where he shows him a paper mache volcano that manages to float rocks up in the air. Oh, see, I had it as a prolapsed anus of the jungle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're saying the island is a character in and of itself. I, yeah, and it has an than anus. Than just <laughs> and that this was its butt. Yeah. <laughs> And it has to may, may or may not have like a hemorrhoid issue or something. <laughs> yeah, it's not feeling great. It's gassing constantly and they have to hold down. That's true. It is expelling gas. <laughs> did you guys not think it was the island's butthole? <laughs> now I can't. It did not, not occur to me, actually. I'll be honest with you, Carolyn. Galaxy brain. <laughs> uh so then we go back to camp i guess where where yeah. the the sh- the castaways live and uh the skipper is doing bicycle laundry so now david here the skipper is on the bike doing the laundry yeah, yeah. so maybe but that makes sense maybe, like 
you create this machine to do laundry easier. You're going to need to power it, so, you know, you might move it. It's just, it was a weird trade-off of just somebody bicycling to fan somebody else. Like, it's very much like a power hierarchy in that situation, as opposed right. to everyone yeah. just chipping in to do a chore. And this bike yeah. theoretically makes it easier than not, you know. And, yeah, why uh, is the professor bowing to everybody when mm-hmm. it's island rules and he's the hunky one? He should just crack him yeah. on the face. And I'm, he's in the, I'm he's just the thinking, smartest and in the best shape. He should be like mm, rule. He should be sitting on a throne of skulls right now. Yeah, skulls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I just think it's awfully lucky that uh, they brought along so many bikes on their three-hour sea voyage and raincoats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll get to that. I hope they still have some. That's all I know. But I don't, I don't know why do. you'd have more I than one raincoat. Right? I was willing. I was willing that. to concede like two raincoats. Like they could have been in like the ship store. Like because they're like yeah. it's their boat. It rains when you're out on the boat. So like the Gilligan and Skipper should have a raincoat, but they have like twenty-five raincoats <laughs> for some reason. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Skipper is doing laundry, and then uh, Thurston Howell III makes his first appearance of the episode to remind us how even on a deserted island, the 1% are still putting down the 99%. Yeah. And I guess the joke is like, why do they put up with it? And does his money still mean something? And he's always like promising money when they get back. But honestly, Gilligan, Skipper, Professor, uh, the ladies, overthrow your oppressor right now. It's a clean clock in the head and then you can sit on his skull. It's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Gilligan comes along and he is being followed by the Jungle Boy. And much to my disappointment, everyone else can see the Jungle Boy. (laughs) I was kind of hoping that it might just be a figment of Gilligan's imagination, but uh, everybody can, in fact, see the Jungle Boy. Uh, Thurston Howell tries to give him money. He tries to That's burying the lead of this scene, Austin. <laughs> Which is why. Mary Ann's short shorts. She is looking fine. I can tell Holy you that Holy crap, <laughs> you guys. Mary Ann is a smoke show. <laughs> yes. She's so fucking hot. <laughs> it, 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 it makes the whole Ginger or Mary Ann debate, like, ridiculous, right? right? Well, it's not even a debate. They're both, like, pretty equally beautiful, which is to say very beautiful Hollywood mm-hmm. ladies. Okay, yeah. the shorts win. All right, I do like how she's the more uh, practical in her sensibilities, but we didn't get enough ginger to know too much about her yeah. personality. I mean, this time. yeah, nah, we don't <laughs> have to get into all. <laughs> you want to get into those shorty, shorty shorts? But those were some short shorts she was wearing. That's all. Like. They were, they were indeed, and and tellingly, and and not surprisingly, Marianne is the one who is able to lure the jungle boy out of mm-hmm. the bushes, uh, and then. They try to get him to tell them how they could get off the island by yelling words at him in the classic model of if you're in a in a foreign country and you don't speak the language, just yell English at them. Mm-hmm. They'll be sure to understand you. Just slow, more louder and slower, and then people yes. can understand. <laughs> so then this cuts to a scene where uh, the three women on the island. Uh, the the aforementioned uh, hottie Marianne, <laughs> Ginger, and uh, Thurston Howell's wife, Mrs. Howell. Do you ever learn her name? Mrs. Howell? The wife. Um, the wife. <laughs> and the uh, other. They try to teach the jungle boy how to talk. And starting with the basics, which consist of pointing at each of them in turn saying, girl, girl, girl. 
and then pointing at him and saying, boy. Mm-hmm. Starting with the basics, which is the gender binary. <laughs> right? Like, how is that the basics of teaching someone a language? Yeah, who knows? I mean, I, <laughs> gender binary issues aside, <laughs> I will say if I needed to teach someone a language, I have no idea where to start. I feel like I would start somewhere other than, okay, before we get started here, we need to make sure you understand you have a penis and I have a vagina. Like, but isn't like that the true basics of all humanity? Uh, <laughs> the penis and vagina and what happens with the people? It's like, like I was back in kindergarten cop for a moment. <laughs> you're forgetting the butthole, David. I would start at the butthole. You'd it's go for straight for the butthole. Like, here's something universal. We can all relate to the butthole. <laughs> Right? Then I would put a pebble on and fart it off, like, the (laughs) island, and then make a big connection. I did like how baby Kurt Russell was really genderqueer when he started mixing up everybody's genders. Yeah, hey, let's go for it. Right? So he he proceeds to just, he can repeat the words back to them, but he clearly isn't, like, understanding what they're trying to teach him. Yeah, I feel like you should start with objects or something, like an apple or a coconut, and it doesn't really help you communicate necessarily, but at least it gives you a starting point for, like, (laughs) right? this is a word, I guess, (laughs) you know? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I wish you luck when you find yourself a jungle boy, David. Uh, <laughs> that's, that, there's a lot of ways that <laughs> could go, and I'm just going to avoid the whole hornet's nest right now. <laughs> Good luck avoiding uh, the hornet. That may just be our opener right there. <laughs> uh, after the language lessons fail to get much traction, uh, we get a scene of Ginger combing his hair for some reason. She says he needs to look presentable. I, I don't know. Is there like a, a a formal dance coming up soon that they need to get in, in shape for? Or I don't know. I feel like this is a cr- this show probably just in general is a cross between a sitcom and just a sketch show where they just want to have goofy scenes of these characters doing. Stuff. Yes, certainly. This episode felt that mm. way. Where like a lot of these scenes are just like here's a gag. Yeah, here's exactly. another gag, and mm. I, I don't know how. No. consistent that is across every episode and i'm not yeah. sure what's funny about combing a kid's hair but there it was and yeah. the laugh track <laughs> laughed whether it's a live audience or not i don't know so then mrs howell tries to teach him some manners because i guess after combing one's hair the next most important thing to know how to do <laughs> on a deserted island is to eat correctly at an elaborate table setting <laughs> I guess this uh, is just supposed to demonstrate what's important to the characters. I guess, yeah. So, Ginger, it's it's the physical aesthetics yeah. for Mrs. Howell. It's hoity-toity culture and all that. Mm-hmm. But uh, What was Ginger's? Or, no, Marianne's. Did she give him some shorty shorts? I don't <laughs> understand. She doesn't, she, she doesn't get yeah. her own special montage here. She's and for a minute, I was about to ask the, the question of, like, how do they even have that much silverware? But then we see that Kurt Russell eats one of the forks and that it's clearly made out of wood. So apparently someone has had to, like, hew from sticks a variety of different utensils so that mm-hmm. the Howells can maintain their upper class lifestyle while feasting on coconuts and <laughs> bat guano. Wow. And bananas. And bananas. Yeah. When they can do it, when they don't get too messed up to get it. <laughs> when they don't squeeze the banana too tightly. You know? It's hard. 
And then we see that the jungle boy sleeps in a tree and this worries Mrs. Howell. So she goes and gets Mr. Howell's teddy bear in an effort to lure the boy out of the tree. But then he just sleeps in the tree with the teddy bear. And we're all supposed to laugh because big, rich, powerful Mr. Howell has a teddy bear. And I watched this with my spouse, who knew the theme song like you, David, and was excited (laughs) about everything and uh, said that it was canon that Mr. Howell always has this teddy bear and they always give him trouble and make him cry and take it and stuff. I hope that's true. It's canon. In a way, we all have our teddy bears. (laughs) So then Gilligan (laughs) takes the professor and the skipper to the island's hemorrhoid. (laughs) And uh, Howell, in true 1% fashion, immediately starts trying to figure out a way to monetize it. Yeah, He's going to crack it. Yeah, the professor theorizes that uh, the farts the island is expelling are are some combination of helium and hydrogen because of the way that it floats things. Well, you better hope (laughs) it's the former. That's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) This island is pumping out hydrogen. You're all in trouble right now. Sounds good to me. And I get the idea that, like, helium is lighter than, like, our air that we breathe. The the unique combination that that is our atmosphere. Uh, But I'm not sure how that would then... Like, the balloon thing I get, like, they fill a they fill something with helium and then it rises, Mm -hmm. but I don't see how like the helium itself would be lifting rocks up into the air. Yeah. It would not. (laughs) Yeah. Unless the only way it would lift a rock up into the air is if the amount of pressure, like it's just like pumping out the helium at a high rate. So it's kind of like any sort of fan or whatever that blowing hard enough would lift it. But that, that has nothing to do with the, property of the gas and its relation to air i guess yeah so the professor being the true alpha of the island comes up with the idea mm-hmm. of creating a giant balloon and then using the gas to fill it and then floating someone off the island to get them some help yeah. so in in uh, service of that endeavor he converts the bicycle washing machine nay fan into a sewing machine which, uh, which of course, use, which of course, the of women course. are promptly put to work <laughs> stitching together raincoats to make the balloon. At least they have something to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the Jungle Boy is watching all of this go down from the bushes. Yeah, they just seem to just various like at various times throw to the Jungle Boy, and he just like yeah. laughs at whatever's happening. Yeah, or there. he's like mildly concerned. It yeah. is very strange. I was like, blah blah blah, adults, and then the boy just like. <laughs> like what am i supposed to be getting out of this like is he yeah I, does he actually very, like, part of me thought like maybe he understood everything that was going on right now and he was just playing dumb for whatever reason but that's obviously not the case so i don't know i think it was just a practicality thing like a child labor laws like when they were shooting gremlins <laughs> 2 they did it so the gremlins were all in their own scenes so they probably got all of kurt russell's jungle boy shots <laughs> they just himself. they just brought kurt russell in for four hours and they were yeah. like all right stand behind that bush and laugh yeah all right take two steps to your left giggle mm-hmm. take two steps to your left now look scared for a moment all right <laughs> cut print right. you're good and then he got to go to school so he could read and write and later marry and sire children with goldie hun they did they they did make some pretty good kids yeah like 
good looking kids at least. They're lookers, all of them. And this, but this plot does have very little to do with the Jungle Boy, actually. <laughs> so right. maybe they just wanted to remind the audience that the Jungle Boy existed. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. then we cut to the completed balloon, which is now sort of poised over the hemorrhoid so that all of the helium is is going up into it. And there's a whole complicated scenario with Gilligan and the skipper trying to tie off the balloon. And I figured that this was just the point at which, like, Gilligan was going to go tie off the rope, but not tie it to the other end, and the yeah. balloon was going to fly away or something. But instead, he ends up inside the balloon and then it turns into the scene in Willy Wonka where they're in the fan with the bubbles <laughs> and he's like stuck and he can't get down uh, and then they pull him out of the balloon the the professor and the and the skipper but he's ingested so much helium at this point that he still is like floating above the ground slightly until they like <laughs> squeeze him and like make all of the air come out of his body You're trying to create like an explanation for things that have no explanation the fact is <laughs> and i just i know i Gilligan felt like came I... into contact with helium or hydrogen we don't even know and just started <laughs> I'm saying helium it's yeah. some combination of both and then yeah, he started he's floating around and the show seemed to think this was an okay thing that happened uh, i'm pretty sure what happened is that he got <laughs> high as hell from falling down and to be fair, if it was yeah. like just helium and you end up in a room full of helium, you're not getting any oxygen, so you are going to get high as hell, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Dying. Yeah, that's a good point. Did anybody appreciate, like, th- these days of yore where it's not just like, oh, I can see the strings. Like, you can really see the strings. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Like you can see, like the set, like the poles on his pants, where like the harness is hooked in, and yeah, they didn't even have fishing line. It was like a clear black string, like yanking this little man around. Woo. Yeah, and I did like how they squeezed him. Tell you burped and farted out all the balloon <laughs> stuff. That was fun. Right, right. So then uh, the men folk are arguing over who is going to get to go up in the balloon, and they ultimately draw straws. And the skipper gets to go, but he's too fat. Well, yeah, that's the punchline is he's too fat. But my question for you all is, who do you think should have gone? The professor is the only competent man. They could also (laughs) do, both of the ladies seem fine. I mean, they're not really people in this era, but they could, they seem competent and professional. Marianne's quite small. Her shorts wouldn't weigh her down. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Marianne. I mean, well, isn't that the double-edged sword, though, Carolyn, is like the professor Mm. is hyper-competent, but then do you want to lose him? No. Right, that would be my concern, is (laughs) they wouldn't want him to go because then who's going to make their next bicycle whatever if they the professor's off the island? die without and him. And I feel like, obviously, like, the incentive would be get the fuck rid of Gilligan. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like he's such a screw-up that you couldn't trust that he wouldn't screw up getting himself rescued in the balloon. Mm-hmm. So but, you wouldn't want to yeah. send Gilligan on his own. But Silver That's Lightning, th- you'd still get rid of him. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's addition by subtraction where right, you're like, right, right. E- even if this doesn't pan out and we're not rescued, we're still better off than if Gilligan was still with us. And Gilligan and Marianne are very slight. They're dainty. I think they're not too much over 90 pounds, either one of them. But yeah, yeah. But I, feel like I feel like I feel like 
Howell is probably the best one to go yeah. with. Yeah, really? Say him Why? or the skipper? But the skipper has the weight issue that we see come into play. So <laughs> right. So yeah, right. I'd go with Why Howell? Howell third. But at the same time, we sell you out for a few bucks so yeah there's that worry yeah why do you want to send him he probably wouldn't like lead a search party back to the (laughs) island until he had like secured the movie rights to the story yeah exactly Uh, also in this scene for some reason the jungle boy is now wearing clothes somehow and for some reason like we don't see him get the clothes or anything, but he has them on now. When the ladies first got the sewing machines, I thought they were going to sew him some clothes because he was running around in those scandal panties. So it is <laughs> nice to see him in a button-up and a little page boy hat. He kind of looks like a weird 70s newsie or something. Yeah, it's it's bizarre clothes. Uh, this was also the point in the episode where this should have occurred to me much, much earlier. But this is the point where I went, oh... Gilligan is just the screech of this show. <gasps> yeah. Oh boy. If it was Screech, I would definitely kill him in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> but you also wouldn't be like, yes, let's entrust our rescue to Screech. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, he would be dead like the first week. Yeah, you could I mean, he it. couldn't even get you two tickets. How's he supposed <laughs> to rescue everybody on the island? And I guess it should be said, and they actually kind of a do bring this up which is there is no real like piloting of a of this balloon like with like hot air balloons you just go where you go and that's the end of it. <laughs> right like you don't steer it anywhere i'll put it that way yeah you you have some control in a normal hot air yeah. balloon. you have some control over like up and down yes but there's not a whole lot of left and right, no left and right. <laughs> control on a hot that's air. good left and right are hard <laughs> streamlined uh so then the, we come back to the professor rattling off some tech jargon uh, that ultimately comes down to calculations saying the balloon can support the weight of basically a kid and not any of the adults. But then Gilligan ha- has the brilliant idea of not sending anyone with the balloon, just putting a note in the balloon saying, hey, this balloon was sent by people who need to be rescued. Which is smart. Actually. Which is I not a terrible. Too. I was like, oh, did yeah. you really need somebody in it? Note not a terrible idea. But for some reason, the jungle boy <laughs> who doesn't understand what they're saying can only repeat back what they're saying somehow gets the gist that A, the balloon can support his weight and B, no one is going to go in the balloon. So he's like fuck you guys, I'm out of here, Yeah, gets in the balloon and leaves himself. Yes, I'm very confused about the Jungle Boy's motivations here of why he decided to jump in the balloon. (laughs) Well, this is where I feel like he had to have been from civilization that also crashed on this island. I think you're just reading into it with your own civilized notions, Austin. What must have just happened is he didn't understand shit. But he was like, fuck these guys. He <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to get away from everybody. Must be. But 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 counterpoint, Marianne yeah. was there. Yeah, I know. That's true. Yeah, it wasn't enough for him. <laughs> like it's David, it's like on Lost when we found out that there was other people on the island that had crashed there before the main characters true. that we were following. But that doesn't explain his non- English or no? That does not. That skills. explains his desire to get off the island. It does not explain why he wouldn't understand English until now. Yeah, 
unless he like lost, he's been alone for so long or he was so young and he hasn't used, I don't know. <laughs> You're thinking too much. Now. I'm way. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we can all agree. We have no idea what the real reason that this jungle boy decided that <laughs> he had to jump into this balloon and cut. And, and, <laughs> Is it because this is episode 19 of a 36 episode (laughs) season of a show that would go on to air 98 episodes involving them trying to get off the island? And not only does he does the kid do it, but he does it before they can get the notes into the balloon or anything. (laughs) Of course, because that's our next scene is everyone comes out of the Mm -hmm. hut and they've all written a note and they're like, you know, I'm going to do this and do that and all that. And then they discover that. The balloon is gone and the boy is gone. And because he can't talk to anyone, he won't be able to tell anyone about the island. Sad trombone. And all we know about the baby boy's motivation is that he (laughs) likes slamming around on vines and he likes to blow kisses at strange men. (laughs) So hopefully he lands somewhere that he can be doing a lot of that. Cross your fingers. So is this why it was? We don't know what happened to his parents either, (laughs) right? We don't know that. Big questions. (laughs) Uh, So Austin, is this the point where I was finally like, oh, I get why it's a very special episode because this was the prequel to the Balloon Boy scandal. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think to answer your question, Carolyn, this is a very special episode because a it was suggested to us by a listener, true, and b it guest stars a future actor superstar actor and kurt russell future hollywood heartthrob i like that we're all real loose on special now that's yeah i mean special could be a guest star or or subject matter or whatever we carry the specialness with us in the balloons inside of us those balloon that balloon boy family (laughs) they're fame whores right they're just yeah because i feel like there's other stuff they've tried too and they tried putting him in a barrel they tried putting him When they tra- Remember when like, that was the kind of stuff that captivated national attention? Well, they their own reality show, time. I think. Yeah. yeah. I bet he's a balloon man now. We should check in on him. <laughs> so then we come back for the for the final scene of the episode. Uh, Gilligan and Skipper here on the radio, question mark, that the, uh, <laughs> that the Jungle Boy successfully landed on an aircraft carrier. But it will take years before anyone can figure out his story Mm -hmm. because the dum-dums on this island just taught him a bunch of useless boy-girl, boy-girl nonsense instead of actual words that would be helpful in their situation. Like, years before the kid can communicate seem a bit, like, harsh. (laughs) Right? Like, how long? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, children are good at learning language better than adults. Yeah, get some adequate teachers in there and you think you should be able to communicate within a year or two you know (laughs) at the very most i also thought it was very um uh considerate of the radio broadcast to pause while the skipper ran to gather (laughs) the rest of the cast to come in and and listen (laughs) and so that's where i'm like it's one of those where i went i went from being like how the fuck do they have a radio on this island to no the ridiculous part of this is the pause of the broadcast while they go to get everyone (laughs) Well, they had radio- a radio pause technology. Yeah. That's the presser created DVR. That was his greatest contribution. <laughs> it really was. really was. The Wi-Fi on coconuts. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I, I feel like that's always been, oh, go ahead, David. No, you can say something. I was going to say, that I feel like that's always been my question that I've had about Gilligan's Island. Because it's obviously one of those shows, uh, plenty of people, you know, 
Mm-hmm. As much as it's part of the pop culture zeitgeist, making fun of it is part of the zeitgeist. Yeah. Like, Definitely. oh, they have a coconut phone, yeah. or you know, they, yeah. the professor can make a coconut radio, but they can't get off the damn why island. Pack so much, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's a three-hour tour. Why were there bikes? All that kind of stuff. But my question that I've always wondered is: Is that like? Were people back then dumb? <laughs> is my question. Like, were people watching this in the '60s not thinking of that stuff, or were they like, "Yeah, that's ridiculous," but it's the 1960s. We don't have a lot of other choices. We might get annihilated by nukes from Russia, so let's just laugh at the wacky well, antics of Gilligan and company. The way I look at Gilligan's Island, and I think comedy evolves over time, and what people are looking for or whatnot. I don't know. You could really dive into it, but I mean, to me, this is like the same. Th- time as like the three stooges were popular and it's Mm -hmm. not like people were thinking that you could survive like mallets to the head or nails or whatever like it's slapstick and i guess in a way this is like slapstick comedy where you're not supposed to take it seriously and you're not supposed to worry about that like you're just supposed to laugh at the jokes which to be fair, it didn't seem all that funny to me. Now, I don't know if humor was different back then, but it... That's, yeah, There's that's an additional question that you could probably never answer. So it's yeah. almost like a live-action cartoon that you're just not really supposed to care that there's no reason that all this yeah. stuff is happening and you're just you're supposed to laugh at the jokes and... Right. It's not... Right. No, I, 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 I get that. I, I don't think you're you're wrong. And it, maybe it's a distinction without a difference, but I'm just always mm-hmm. curious, like... Did people watch this and say, this is nonsense, but I'm not supposed to take it seriously, so I'm just going to laugh? Or did people just like, this was funny, and the thought never yeah. occurred to them right? that it was that it made no sense mm-hmm. that there were bikes on the three-hour tour or whatever? And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how funny this was considered at its time. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, how funny was Full House considered at its time, right? <laughs> I feel like this is definitely similar where it's like... Uproariously. <laughs> That's what the studio audience would have you believe. But then when you're watching it at home, you're just like, I just like the pastel palette. (laughs) So who knows, right? I'm sure there there were some better comedies and dramas going on in the 60s for sure. I've seen some of them. Oh, yeah, certainly, certainly. Stupid TV is permanently good, right? (laughs) Yeah, and I don't know. Like, obviously, there's less choices. So, like, if you're going to watch something on TV, it might have been the best option at the time of, like, I'll Mm. just watch this stupid thing. And I have no idea how they did ratings back then. So, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, like, I don't, I don't begrudge Mm -hmm. the show's success or anyone's interest in watching it. I'm just always curious. Like, when I watch a cartoon, I'm conscious of the fact that I'm watching a heightened reality that is not necessarily the same as my own. But I, I'm just curious if people watching Gilligan and, and I'm and watching Gilligan's Island today. I'm like, this is a heightened reality that does not necessarily reflect my own. I'm just always curious if people back then made that distinction as well and just rolled with it. Or if they just, if the thought never even occurred to them and we're just like, yeah, sure. That totally all makes sense. You could make a radio out of a coconut. Well, speaking of cartoons, I had the thought going back to the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> okay. And like, did they ever meet the Harlem Globetrotters? I don't think so. Should have. But how like the Shredder would come up with some plan to get the turtles right to, to uh-huh. finally dine on turtle soup. Delicious right. soup. Yeah. It's all about Tonight that soup. we dine on turtle soup. And then like there'd be like one little flaw in the plan, and the turtles would exploit that flaw and then you know save the day. No soup for Shredder. Yeah. And I always wondered, like, 
Why doesn't Shredder just, like, tweak his plan and try it again? Like, he always just has to come up with some new, elaborate, crazy plan to dine on turtle soup instead of just, like, trying it again, you know? Try to fix the flaws and such. And so it reminded me of Gilligan's Island where I'm like, uh, you could just try to make another balloon. <laughs> the, the helium mountain's still there, you know, the angel. Well, yeah, the, no the island's hemorrhoid is still over there. <laughs> like, that doesn't disappear with the, the jungle boy. The butthole's still there, and it's yeah. still got plenty of gas. But the problem is they use all 20 of their raincoats. <laughs> well, I would submit the argument that the professor seems to be able to whip up anything, so do they? Yeah, you, I, I mean, in this episode, way. they're talking about how they're like, stitching the raincoats together and then using like sap from the rubber plant to (laughs) seal i'm like so just stitch together some palm leaves or whatever and make another balloon and frankly they don't have to make such an elaborate balloon they could just like do (laughs) message in a bottle kind of things of just sending up mini balloons up with notes on it but fuck send out some messages (laughs) in bottles yeah i know there's that too Like Sting Song. I guess we haven't mentioned either how the balloon looks. So it just has like all these <laughs> udders coming off of it. I believe yeah. it's the coat sleeves. <laughs> it is very uh, Cronenberg almost. <laughs> yeah. It reminds yeah, me of Cronenberg slash Lovecraft. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's yeah. like heralding Kurt Russell in The Thing, but instead he starts as a baby boy in a balloon <laughs> full of dicks or whatever the fuck that thing is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's the Jungle Boy. Anybody else got anything anything they want to say about that? So they finally got off the island, David, one day? Yeah, and then they decide to go back, which also, as an awesome note, happened in Lost, which then also made me think, <laughs> if there was no Gilligan's Island, would there be a Lost? And I'm not sure I know the answer. Ooh, that's a good question. And so... <laughs> That's that's even better than my was anyone watching this ironically question. Yeah. <laughs> because it's not like the idea of castaways, you know, originated with Gilligan's Island, but then at the same time Robinson you feel like it popular. Yeah, exactly. Right, but you feel like you feel like that was probably part of the pitch with mm-hmm. Lost. Yeah. Where they where they went in and were like, Gilligan's Island, but with sci fi or yeah, something. Exactly. A bear isn't it this time. <laughs> and I have the same similar thought with Castaway too, the movie. Like, would that exist without Gilligan's Island? It's just kind of a weird thing. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. my other question is, um, is it all will they, won't they, or does anybody ever like quote unquote explicitly hook up? Like, I'll take the is implication. It, is there even a will they, won't they? Do they ever do like a romantic? Somebody's thing gotta with... get horny. The well, yeah. I, I mean, realistically, and I don't yeah. even know if this is true or if this is just like media like it. like lying to me. Was that 100%. Ginger and Marianne both kind of had a thing for Gilligan. That's so strange. Were they doing that as a joke? Yeah. <laughs> almost kind of like that, like the anime harem mm-hmm. uh, comedies where it's just like these women want him, but then he's not interested in any of them for reasons we don't even know. And wow. <laughs> And so, but I don't know how much of that is me making stuff up, but I feel like it was always like Gilligan had to choose between Ginger and Marianne, even though it's like, why would either of them want Gilligan? The yeah, I feel like that's like right hunking there. out with his big brain, you know? Right? I mean, that's like Kelly and Lisa both wanting Screech. Yeah, exactly. Boy, yeah, when there's Slater and Zach in one man, and then Mr. Belding would be <laughs> the skipper. <laughs> Wife would be Mrs. Belding. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> All makes sense. All makes sense. So then, who is who is is 
Mr. Howell. Um, that's Mr. Carosi. <laughs> okay. No, okay, wait, that's, that's Mr. Belding. Or I is thought Belding... Skipper was Mr. Belding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. thought the Skipper would be Slater. <laughs> that could work, yeah. No, I thought the professor was Slater and Zach rolled into one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got the brains on LeBron. He does. Uh, he's the total package. I, I'm kind of crushing on the professor right now. I don't know what Seriously, to do he looks so competent. He's... <laughs> The only one keeping them alive. I know. I feel like if the professor and Marianne bred, they could create a race of like yeah, super people that could take over the world. Well, that's where also this is where my memory is flawed because there's also like a thought of like Marianne and the professor kind of having something going on. But then I don't know if it's just because that's the only relationship that makes sense. Um, or if it's just from the theme song where they're like the yeah, professor exactly. and Marianne. Yeah. And you're like, oh, they're a couple because it's, you know. The millionaire and his wife, and then the professor and Marianne. And the others. Don't forget the others. Yes, the rest and of the them. rest. <laughs> uh, so, Carolyn, yeah. where can we find you online? Well, when I'm not um, failing to eat bananas myself <laughs> in the jungle, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Carolyn Main, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street I have a Patreon. I have another podcast, Pitch Please, which is on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. And Craniveal Studio, C-R-A-N-I-V-A-L. That one's harder to spell. And you can buy a deck of Pitch Please cards at pitchplease.fun. And David, how about you? You can find me on Twitter wearing short shorts. Short, short, short shorts. Uh, Who wears short shorts? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, at Dr. Bits, Dr. Spelled Out, and at TheRealGentlemanOfLeisure.com As for me, you can find me on Twitter uh, marveling at how anyone would choose Ginger over Marianne (laughs) at Austin Gorton. She is a redhead, Austin. See, well, that's like, I feel like growing up, I never truly gave Marianne a fair shake. I think I was just like, I like redheads, it's Ginger. And then watching this, I'm like, no way, Marianne is way more attractive and seems more like sensible and level headed. And yeah. I mean, she's not quite like, she doesn't have like the, the, the book smarts on the level of the professor, but I feel like she's the most level headed yeah. one after the professor mm-hmm. of this group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's anyway, practical. I'm on Twitter Sorry. at Austin Gorton, <laughs> and uh, you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com as well. Uh, as for the show, we are a very special episode. You can follow us on Twitter at AVSE Pod. Uh, check out our Facebook page and uh, email us at avsepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we are terrible at checking our email, by which I mean <laughs> I am terrible about checking our email. Uh, but we I do have, I, I recently checked it, uh, which is what prompted this confession. And we have a few emails in there. So the next time we get the four of us together, we'll do another mailbag. Mm-hmm. And uh, this episode was came about thanks to a listener suggestion. So uh, feel free to email us. Uh, suggestions for very special episodes you'd like to see us cover or just specific TV shows that you'd like to see us cover and then we can find a uh, can find an episode as as this particular episode attests it doesn't take a lot for us to uh, arm wrestle something into being a special episode if we want to cover it and uh, you can also get I me mean, Twitter Facebook whatever just drop us a line if you want to see us cover something and we will 
work that into our queue at some point or another. Uh, and of course, you can download us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and uh, listen to the episodes directly on our website, a very special episode podcast dot com. A quick one thing from the Gruel Orphans. Yeah, what's that? Apparently, uh, Mrs. Howell's first name is Lovey, or at least that's the only name she's also given. Oh dear God! Oh, that, there's no way your parents <laughs> named Lovey. I don't know. I do. I do want to shout out to the Howells. Like that is the prototypical rich guy voice. Yeah, that's where yeah, it all yeah, comes yeah. from. Mm-hmm. And really, I also, I mean, I, I have to give them some grudging respect at like maintaining that one percent lifestyle <laughs> even whilst marooned <laughs> on a deserted island. Yeah, like they, they are full, fully committed to to their lifestyle. Yeah, you feel like lesser rich people would break under the pressure, but they <laughs> keep it going. That would be a nice show to watch rich people be sad and starve to death. (laughs) Uh, With that, for a very special episode, I am Austin Gordon, and I am off to learn the basics. Girl, girl, boy. That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons Oh, how we've grown Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode Next time on a very special episode